Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here today. We really appreciate you we know that it takes time to be able to invest in yourself and we are honored that you took some of your time to invest in yourself through listening to our show we appreciate it thank you so much for the time you invest in us you know it's really cool to think about time i love what errol abramson says it really puts it together the most succinctly time is the most valuable commodity that any business has, any business owner has. Because the thing about it is, is Warren Buffett, um, you know, Bill Gates, uh, you know, you could go back in time to uh, Andrew Carnegie or anybody you want to name. Throughout all of history, they have one thing absolutely in common with you. They have 24 hours in every day not a minute longer, not a minute shorter. It becomes how do we maximize that time? And so I want you to understand that I know that the investment of your time in this show is a valuable commodity. I appreciate it. And I honor you for the time that you're spending with us today to up-level yourself to be a thriving entrepreneur. Because we really want that for you. We want to see you thrive in so many ways. You know, Kathy and I, uh, we start out each of our days with what we call Coffee Drive. Um, It's an ironic name from the standpoint that Steve doesn't drink coffee. But Kathy, it's really good for her. She likes her coffee. But it's also a great way for both of us to really connect. It is a time every day that both as husband and wife, but also as business partners, we can connect, we can talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's going on in our lives and in our business. And we're, you know, we're pretty finicky about that half hour to hour minimum every morning that we set aside for doing that. It's great for our business. It's really good for you because most of the best stuff, the best ideas, the regrouping, the better mindset, whatever it is, comes from that. And uh, all of us need that. We need the ability to take the time to sharpen the axe. I love the Abraham Lincoln quote where he said, you know, if I had an hour, I think it was, or whatever the time frame was, if I had an hour to cut down a tree, I would take the first 45 minutes to sharpen the axe. Um, And it really is important that we're at the top of our game people, their lives, their businesses, the very essence of who they are, they're depending on us. They're looking forward to and living in the midst of what we do. And because of that, we need to honor their time as we honor our time 
so that people can be the best versions of themselves as we become the best versions of ourselves. Does that make sense? I hope it does. I hope you really are maximizing all that you are today, that you're living the best version of yourself in all that you do. It's really important because life happens. Um, I wish there was some kind of secret formula that I could give you that would keep uh, all situations, as it were, in life from happening. That I could just wave a magic wand and magically life would never happen again. You would always find yourself living in peace, prosperity, happiness. Every client you talked to would be your ideal client. They would be easy to work with. They would pay on time. <laughs> I would love for all of you to live that life. Unfortunately, we all know that that's not true. Things come into our life. There's two types of things that come into our life. There are the things that we have done to or at us or near us or around us that do impact us. I'll give you a perfect example. Those of you that are listening live, you know this last week, we've been dealing with a fire that is, it's, it's about 15 miles the center of it from our house, but the smoke is all over the place, um, over most of Southern California, in fact, at this point. Um, and there are many times when we can stand in our front yard and see the fire. Uh, today is really the first today that there haven't been kind of scary flames. And honestly, there are a lot of times when they look like they're closer to our house here than they are when you go closer to them <laughs> and see just how far away they are. Um, those kind of things are not something that's done to us. The fire wasn't set. Um, the fire isn't continuing to burn, uh, you know, to hurt us. It just is. It's a happenstance that is around us that's, uh, you know, that has an impact on us. But it wasn't personal. Um, you know, there are things, though, that are, that are done to us. People have wronged us. They've hurt us. They've done things. Some of those things are unintentional. But that doesn't make them hurt any less. Some of those things are very intentional. Again, I don't know that that necessarily makes them hurt more but they do have to be dealt with. Um, and then lastly, of course, there's the things that we do to ourselves. There's the choices that we make um, that are negatively impacting our own lives, whether it be short-term things, like, uh, you know, negative self-talk is a perfect one that, let's be honest, we all do it, um, and uh, we know it hurts us, and sometimes we can choose powerfully to press play on the positive and pause on the negative. But sometimes we don't. Um, there are a lot of those kind of things. Situations, decisions that we make, that we have done, that impact us. Regardless of whether they are things that are happening in our space, that were done to us, or things that we've done to ourselves, they have an impact on our life. And now we get to the real important part, and that's 
what do you do next? I love the phrase that the measure of a person is not whether or not they succeed or fail, but how they deal with problems and failures that do come up in their life. It's not about whether you fall down, it's about how you get up. And that's really important. So think about it. Um, I'm not a huge sports guy, but I, I did play some sports in high school, and I do have enough, uh, you know, metaphors in my life that sometimes sports analogies really say it best. And there are times when you're watching a sporting event where the person gets knocked down to the point where they can't get up, and they need assistance. They need someone to come out with a stretcher and carry them off the field. There are other times when they're hurting to the point where they need potentially help getting up and assistance getting off the field. And then there are times where after a few seconds they get up and they're able to go on immediately. And all of those are real in our life. There are times when we're going to need professional help to help us move out of the midst of the absolute horror that we're in. I want you to hear that because that's important. I want you to feel acknowledged more than anything else. Because some of the things you've been through are not just horrible, they are horrors. They are awful beyond imagining. And the truth of the matter is, is that you're going to more than likely need a professional to help carry you out of the midst of that place that you're laying that you do not physically have the capability to move from so that you can then be in a place where you can even get the help that you need. It's not even at that point about help. It's, it's more of a triage. It's a what can we do to make it safe to move you to a place where you can get help. Sometimes we just need assistance to be able to get up under our own two feet and be able to move to where the help is or where the rest that we need. Sometimes that's a big piece of it. Sometimes we just need to go to the sidelines and sit down and rest. And you know what? That's okay. I think often as entrepreneurs, especially when you're a solopreneur, the need to rest seems like it's a failure, and it isn't. You need to understand that it's okay to need to sideline yourself and take care of you. No matter uh, you know whether that means you've got to bring in somebody temporarily to help you out, or you've got to rely on your staff to take care of things, maybe they, well, let's not even say maybe, Let's face it, we know that they don't have your talent and skill. They didn't create what you created. They can't do what you, only you can do. But they can fill in the gap. They can stand there and take care of things while you take a chance to breathe. Sometimes the things that hurt for an instance all we really need to do is just stand up and go back at it. We're not actually injured. We're not actually taken out of the game. 
But for that moment when you're laying there on the ground and you've had the wind knocked out of you, there's that little thought of, hey, you know, it's really nice down here. Nobody's going to hit me while I'm laying here on the ground. Maybe I just want to stay here. That's pretty real too, isn't it? And sometimes you need to take a second, catch your breath, and then stand up. But we need to assess, do I need rest and recuperation? Do I need professional help? Or what or is what I really need is to get back up into the fight and charge again because I really am okay. And if I allow myself to not continue moving forward, I know it will be bad for me because I'll set a precedence in my own life that I don't have to do my best. So in all of those incidences, I'm sure that across all the listeners, everybody has found themselves identifying at different levels. Some of you are at a place where you're just like, oh yeah, I totally, I totally identify with that. I just need to take myself out of the game and take a breather right now. Or, you know what, I never thought about it, but I actually do need professional help in order to be able to even get to a safe enough spot to be able to get help. Wherever you're at, it's okay. I hope that through the course of today's show, we can give you just a little bit of energy, a little bit of strength, a little bit of encouragement, and we can help you see that where you're at right now is perfectly okay, totally normal, and that there is a next, a better, and a brighter that moves from this place you're at right now, where that hit you just took was hard and it hit, to a place where, regardless what the process is, whether it be professional help, or it be just a second to stand up and get your wits about you again, that you will be back in the game. You will be succeeding. You will be getting it done. You will be making a difference in people's lives as you live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. So now we're going to dive in with some of our best-selling authors and get you the ability to be able to take a look at your situation, decide where you're at, 
and then be able to really get the help you need so that you can thrive in all that you do. All right. I love this book. We're going to cut to the chase and we're going to call you out on the shit. That's right. I said that word that you believe to help us with that best-selling author, Tracy Hallerwell with her book. Do you believe this shit? Tracy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. So um, let's just cut right to it. Um, you even have a little platter that says that all of these things are some bullshit. So what are the things that we're talking about that people believe in that are just a bunch of shit? Well, it's all of our, our self-talk and all of our belief systems. Um, for me, they came from a very young age. You know, that feeling of not feeling good enough, feeling like you're not worth it. All of the things that we say to ourselves of why we can't achieve something. So anything that you say that's negative is a limiting belief that's stopping you um, from what you could really be doing. So now, of course, I've already cursed several times during the intro to the show, <laughs> um, and people are just shocked and aghast. Uh, Third-generation minister Steve did that, but um, sometimes you just got to call things what they are. What uh, what led you to decide to to be this blunt with the naming for the book? Well, that actually comes from my nephew, who is um, considered nonverbal autistic, but he does say words, and this is bullshit is one of the things that he said from a very young age, still one of his choice phrases. But we noticed that he would say that and be right on with it whenever something was not aligned or not okay with him. So even though he's considered nonverbal and even though he has his own um, challenges in his life, he's very clear on what serves him and what doesn't. And if it doesn't work for him, it's bullshit. And it was kind of funny because that is how I talk. My family talks that way. So it's no surprise that the child's words do come out that way. But when you really take a look at it, it's true. All the things that were put on me as a small girl, like of why I needed to be fixed and how I needed to change in order to be okay, that wasn't okay. And we all walk around with that kind of verbiage in our heads and belief systems from our families, from our neighborhoods, from our churches in some cases. It's just, like I say in the book, sometimes our belief systems get passed down to us like family recipes, and they're not all good ones. Mm, for sure. Give us a specific example for people who are stuck in denial. <laughs> Give us an example of some of the things that we believe that just are not serving us. Well, financially, people think that they're because they don't come from a certain economic stature that they can't make something of themselves. Like people like me can't achieve that level of success. That would be financial blocks and limiting beliefs probably based on, you know, how you were raised around money. If money was scarce, if money was, you know, the old verbiage, money doesn't grow on trees. Like adult people still believe that's true. And while we don't always look outside and see a money tree, there's plenty of examples out there of people who came from literally nothing and achieved huge success. So those are just limiting beliefs. Especially if you work in the logging industry, then, you know, money is trees. Right, money is trees. And there is money in paper. We all know what they did with that for a long time. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what do you say to the person who um, is in denial of their own limiting beliefs? How do we come to a point where we really get real with ourselves? Well, getting real with yourself takes a lot of different things. And as a coach, it's what I love to do because God gave me a great ability to be able to hear the limiting beliefs. And I always know that they come from something deeper. So they may, they may come from some level of pain or an experience, um, a judgment that, that fell upon them at a young age or somewhere in there. And sometimes it's just, it's laziness. So I think we really need to examine our, our, our verbiage and our behaviors and really, really get down to the nitty gritty and questioning, why do I believe this? And does it really serve me now in my life to still hold that belief? Absolutely. So we, you know, we identify that there is a limiting belief we have and we want to get rid of it. What is the first step after we've identified it, of course, to begin to start changing our belief system? Well, the easiest thing is once you uncover one, you create a positive out of it. So if you look in the mirror and you really think you're ugly, you need to look in the mirror and say, I have beautiful hair or something that you can assimilate to that maybe not be, well, I'm 250 pounds and I now weigh 120 because your mind isn't going to believe that. But if we can shift little by little from a limiting belief to a, to a positive affirmation to offset it, we can start to change the way our minds think. So I really do believe in journaling and affirmations and really picking apart those beliefs so that you can start to alter them. You actually touched on a really good point. In fact, I was talking about it in the last show. It has to do with that concept of being able to conceive it um, before you can believe it. So talk a little bit more about making your goals, the things that you want to believe, be realistic. Well, realistic is that little thing in our mind, that subconscious mind that's not going to believe it. Because I have been probably for decades saying I weigh 120 pounds and I haven't achieved that yet. However, what I can say is that every day I make healthy choices. Every day I move my body. So in those processes, you're creating steps for you that are now positive opposed to the negative belief, right? Because the negative is still going yeah, Tracy, you're not 120 pounds and you're probably never going to be. So while the subconscious mind is there to protect us, we also need to learn how to shift those beliefs. And I can believe and I can follow through and I can follow goals and steps that I lay out that I'm eating healthier, I'm moving my body, or I'm writing my business goals, I'm scheduling my business time. Sometimes it's around family. Sometimes there's a lot of healing that needs to occur from the past. And you have to like individually write through maybe family members, maybe a boss, maybe a partner and go from what was negative and start to switch it to try to change that not only in your conscious mind, but in the subconscious where it kind of holds us there to keep us safe. Mm, for sure. So, you know, because we're all humans, we have a day, a week, a month, whatever, <laughs> that we miss the mark. And it's so easy to then just go back to the old pattern of beating ourselves up. How do we reboot? How do we make a mistake, fall down, whatever, and be able to get back up and start believing good things again? 
Well, that's where I believe in affirmations. That's where I believe in daily meditation or daily prayer work. Um, you've got to be willing. We all fall down. We've all failed forward. I know you didn't get to where you are in your business, Steve, without falling forward a lot of times. But there's a tenacity inside of us. You can call it your GPS. You can call it your God positioning system. But that, you know, universe, God, that energy is there to support you. And for me, I believe in that. So even on my worst days, I tell myself things are always working out for me because it may, may look like crap today, but tomorrow something may bloom from it. So it's really a matter of tenacity and being okay with being um, falling behind, falling down, and getting back up. But the key is to just keep getting up, even on the days you don't feel like it. So let's be good teachers. Let's give people something simple that they could, you know, turn off the show and go and do an action they could take right now. I love to create um, lists of positive aspects. So if there's an area in your life that you're challenged with, whether it's health or finances, finances always seems to be one that comes up for everyone because no one's not, not everyone is where they want to be. Um, and I start to make a list of positive aspects. So I might be in debt and that's what you've got all the problems on one side of the paper and on the other side of the paper, you're just going to be in gratitude. Whether it's, I was able to pay the phone bill today, then that's a gratitude and that's a positive aspect. And you can go through and do that in everything in your life and every area of your life. Where there's a challenge, let's find the positive. Where there's a challenge, let's repeat a positive. Those done practice daily will literally shift your mindset, shift your energy, and really shift everything about you because you're not only focused on the negative, you're now seeing that there are positives attached to the negative. The book is called Do You Believe This Shit? It's by Tracy Harwell, best-selling book. Get it on Amazon today. Thanks for being with us today, Tracy. How can people, if they want to continue on with you, besides, of course, getting the book, how can they get in contact with you? They can contact me at inspiringyoutogrow.com, at Tracy Inspires on Instagram and Facebook as well. That's inspiringyoutogrow.com. Thanks again, Tracy. Thanks for being on the show with us here today. Thank you so much, Steve. It's been a great day. What we tell ourselves about a situation is often more important than even what really happened with the situation. Again, like I said in the first segment, it's not necessarily about failure. It's about what do you do afterwards? Do you have the ability to get back up to keep charging, to do what you need to do, to get the help you need if you need it, or to just simply dust yourself off and get back in the race. Wherever you're at with that, it's okay. And it's all right to get whatever level of help you need so that you can get back and live as a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. 
that message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. We are talking about what to do next, how to take that hit, how to be damaged by situations in your life, and then how to move on. It's so important, and I hope that you've been taking some notes and that you're ready to really dive deeply into what to do when the worst happens and now you have the choice and the chance to move on. Have you ever had anybody declare you queen for a day? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that you really should be celebrated as the queen you are all the days of your life. But sometimes you feel like your crown's been damaged. So today we're joined by best-selling author Shauna Seymour, and she talks about her new book, Queen with a Damaged Crown. Hi, Shauna. How are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. Thank you for having me. So first of all, um, let's just define a couple of things for people. What do you mean when you say you're a queen? Well, I believe that every woman, um, no matter race, creed, or color, we're born to be a queen, just like I believe men are born to be kings, to lead, to support, to, um, to raise your family, to be in the utmost of royalty that we can be. Um, to be at that highest esteem that that God created a woman to be. I agree, absolutely. So then what kind of things happen to cause our crowns to become damaged? Uh, a lot of things. It can be, you know, anything from daddy-daughter issues, abandonment of a parent, um, molestation, rape, domestic violence, um, being in a bad relationship, um, depression, Anything that, that, that depletes you as a woman to live in your fullness and to be the greatest version of yourself, I believe, is what um, a damaged crown is. Okay. So how did uh, things come about for you for the book? What, what inspired you in your life to want to write the, the book? Um, life, you know, life experiences. Um, Raised up with two parents that were, for the majority of my life, substance abuse users. Raised by my grandparents, my father, in and out my life, more out than in. My mom being there the best, to the best of her ability, but because of substance abuse herself, she really didn't guide me in that way that a mother should guide her daughter into, you know, being this woman and certain things. But thank God for my grandmother. Uh, I was molested um, three separate times in my young childhood. Um, Bad relationships, um, unwanted pregnancy would ended in abortion. And then when I did want to keep my baby when I was pregnant again, I wound up having to have an elective abortion because of the fibroids. So, and this, you know, bad relationship. I've never been in any um, domestic disputes or anything pertaining to that. But, you know, just a lot of things that depleted me as a woman that I, that I wish I never had to go through. But it made me stronger and the woman I am today. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing in life is, is that as much as we'd love for it to be perfect, life does happen. And it's what you do afterwards that really defines who you are. So reclaim your throne, regain your worth and renew your life. Let's take each of those uh, one at a time. So how do you reclaim your throne? How do you get your crown back on your head? Well, to be honest, you you never lose your crown. Um, I believe we, I say, you know, some people say that people are born with a silver spoon. So I say that women are born with a crown on their heads to reclaim it is saying that, you know, when we, when we, when our crown is depleted by different issues, I believe that we think that the, the worth of the crown is not, it's not, it's not precious anymore. A jewel may fall out or a diamond or it gets rusted or, or ruined. So we think that now it's not as worthless for me to reclaim. It means that you heal you find what you, I call it the why um, process, which I deal with my clients. Uh, the why process is finding why you are going through what you're going through. Um, the why process is sitting in your pain and finding out what happened that made you give up on life or made you feel like you're just going to sit in this life that was given to you by other people, not the one that you produce for yourself. And to reclaim, it means that you find healing and forgiveness in those that hurt, harm, or put you in in danger, abandon you, whatever the case may be. And sitting in it can be really tough. Um, Sometimes coming to terms with and really facing the things that happen to us is a very difficult thing to do. Yes, it really is. That's that's the part that people rather walk around and just deny or find comfort in other false hopes and drugs and sex, drinking, gambling, um, depression, smoking, uh, laying in your bed with a, with a cover pulled over your head and no sunlight. Those are the things that I think we turn to instead of facing with the demon head on and, and, and defeating him. So how do we regain our worth? What's involved in regaining your worth? Forgiveness. Forgiveness understanding what happened, why it happened, and you don't live in the, in the, in the past. You, you, you create your new future. You, you regain your strength. You, you realize what your worth is. Um, some people are so damaged to the point that maybe a life coach or self-help won't help. They may need to talk to someone, therapy, a, you know, a psychiatrist, sit down with somebody else, uh, a professional, and talk and, and get this stuff out. You know, I, I call it Instead of the covering of the bandage of the wound, you take it off and let it breathe because if the bandage stay on too long, it'll become infected and cancerous and spread through our bodies. And I think a lot of women are walking around like that with a lot of band-aids on that they forgot to take off and let it heal. Mm, wow, that's powerful. Leaving the band-aid on and, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We could go on with that for a long time. That's good. Thank you. And I'm in the medical field, so I always kind of, revert back to that, you know, so it's, you know, healing, the very thing that that was put on you to help you heal can be the very thing that help that can infect you also, if that makes sense. (laughs) It does. And I love that visual. That's really a good way to bring it home. So renew your life. Um, What things begin to begin to create renewal within you? For me, um, I, just as I was writing this book, this was a therapy for me. So I had to face my molestation um, head on, um, you know, telling it to my mother because she didn't know. And 
I had to start changing my surroundings, my atmosphere, my spiritual walk was, was, was very, very dark. And I had to get back into God and I had to renew this person because I, f I feel that every 20 years we are, we, it's, it's, we become different people. So I couldn't be the same person that I was showing up. And for years I was showing up as the nine, the nine year old little girl that my dad left behind. And once my father passed away um, in 2014 from cancer, is when I re re the little girl died also with him. And then I started to know that I didn't have to look for him anymore because I knew where he was. And I realized that I do, I'm, I'm worthy of love and the things that I've been putting up with is because I was depressed and, and had low self-esteem and I didn't, very, didn't love myself and really, I didn't have really any woman around me to really teach me what womanhood really, was really about. It was kind of like self-taught. There's a couple of really good steps that you said in there about first identifying who you are and then second realizing you're going to have to be somebody different and then third actually becoming that different person to not stay as you put it that nine-year-old girl that you had been. Yeah. I like that. That's good stuff. Thank you. So um, I always like to take a couple of minutes in the show and talk to the people who life is really tough right now. And I don't want to diminish what they're going through currently, but um, I think a lot of times it creates a barrier in us that says, yes, but Shauna, you don't understand what I've gone through. What would you say to people like that? I would say to them that, yes, we do diff have different walks. But I believe that that's, that very fork in the road always ends at the same place, even though we go different paths. I think everybody' ending result is wanting to be better. Um, I may not, I may, you know, I say to myself that I thank God that penetration wasn't involved in my molestation, whereas the next woman that I've talked to or coached, penetration was involved. So she may be a little more damaged. So I show empathy to let them know that they're not alone, that I do understand to a certain point of hurt. Hurt, I feel, is, is, is the same, it has levels, but hurt is hurt. Pain is pain. You know, if, I, if, if, I, if you get shot in your foot and I got shot in my thumb, the pain is gonna be the same. It may, yours may last a little longer versus mine, but the pain is still the same. So I, I do understand. That's the reason why I wrote this book because I felt like everything I went through wasn't for me. It was for that young girl, that older woman, you know, the young adult that is just trying to find her way in life and just don't know. And we appreciate you uh, taking the time to write it. There's so much good stuff in here that, you know, you both really are open about the stuff you've been through, but then you also really talk to people about some things that they can do to move on. So um, they're going to have to read the book in order to get all of the points. Yes. <laughs> but um, unfair question, pick a favorite today. And of the tips that you leave in the book, what's your favorite uh, tip today that you can give people to start renewing their life? The first thing is to, is to, he is to heal. First you deal with it. Then you heal, you find forgiveness and you write a letter or to the person that have hurt you if they have passed away. That's how I dealt with it for me. Um, somebody have to write a letter. I went to my father's deathbed and 
and told him that I forgive him for everything, for him not being there for me and my siblings, and that I will always love him. And I pray even for him even after death. And I gave him a kiss. And three days later, he passed away. And I felt like a, a release in me. And it was the little girl that held on to her father all them years. And, I, and my father passed away when I was 39 years old. I'm currently 43 now. So it's basically just dealing, healing, and forgiving is the first step. And that's my favorite thing and go-to to all my clients. Like that's the main thing, forgiveness. Because if you don't, it's for you, not for them. And if you don't forgive the person, it becomes cancerous and you become bitter. So I want people to become better and not bitter. Now that you've gone through that, because there were the 39 years before the hand, or the 30 years beforehand from nine to 39. Yes. Um, do you think one that you would do it sooner and do you think it's possible or did it need to happen then? I wish I could have done it sooner, but it was only because my dad wasn't, wasn't there for me to do it. And I believe everything has, has a, a time and a place. And it happened exactly when it's supposed to happen because I did get to spend three years with my father after we, um, we connected in 2000 and, um, 2011. And then he passed away in 2014. So I did get to spend some time with my dad. And, uh, and I tried to make it work. But even with him, because he had his own issues, he kind of tried to push me away. But it happened, it happened when it's supposed to happen. Um, the book happened when it's supposed to happen. I released when I was supposed to happen. And I have no regrets. You know, I, I really don't. Yeah. Except that I wish my dad was still here. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Um, and I think that's really important to let people know that wherever you're at right now, that's okay. Um, yes. The point is, what little bit further could you move today, you know, while it's today? Um, to, to, to just don't look back, to, to be successful. I say in the book about, you know, if you want to get revenge on someone that hurt you or that wasn't there, you just be successful. You just, you just put your, your, make your, your indention in the sand, put your footprint in the sand, make your own path, uh, find a spiritual walk. Again, self-help, finding help, having a great support system. And just keep and just keep pushing and to live and not exist because a lot of us is, is existing and not living and uh it's like the walking dead you know you're walking around and you're breathing air but you're not really living and that's there's nowhere to live and i was i've been existing for a long time before i found my release i'm loving the visuals that you're given that's really great and Thank i you. do think that's um that's really important is for us to take that ultimate revenge by being awesome. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, if a person was listening right now and they've never made any steps to regaining their crown, um, what not regaining their crown, I'm sorry, you said that we never lose it, but to fixing their damaged crown and reclaiming their throne. Got to say the words right here. Yes. <laughs> um, what would be one piece of advice that they could do right now to get started? The first thing they would have to do is, is, is know that they are worthy, um, that they are beautiful. They're awesome. Like you said, and they, and they desire to have the, to live and have the best life that God intended, intended for us to have. 
And it has to start with them doing daily affirmations, looking in the mirror and, and seeing the beauty in them, no matter what kind of scars you, you physically, mentally, spiritually, you still have to see the beauty in everything. It's like taking lemon and making lemonade. You have to take the beauty and take the, take the ugly out of the beauty, basically, and have to just, just live and know that you are worthy of everything and everything that you want, if you're willing to do the work, can be yours. I like that. Queen with a damaged crown, reclaim your throne, regain your worth, renew your life by Shauna Seymour, best-selling author. It's an amazing book. Get it for, on Amazon today. Shauna, if somebody wants to go deeper with you, what would be a way that they could work further with you? Well, um, I have, I'm working on my website now. Um, thanks to, you know, your wonderful um, crew and, and everybody helping me through this journey. They can um, reach me at shaunaspeaks.com. Follow me on Facebook at Shauna Speaks to Inspire. Twitter, Shauna Speaks um, to Inspire. And also on Instagram, Shauna Speaks to Inspire. That's awesome. Again, Queen with the Damaged Crown by Shauna Seymour. Thanks so much for being on the show with us today, Shauna. Thank you so much, Stephen. I want to thank you and the whole kid management for everything, marketing for everything that you've done for me. And you have forever have a client in me. <laughs> thank you so much. Shauna is the perfect example of somebody who's been through some stuff life has hit her but where she's been able to now take the damages that have happened to her crown and move on to not make them her tombstone but rather to turn them into a stepping stone that she's now at a place where she can share what she's been through with you and help you be able to upload your up level your life too and that's what i hope you will do with the things you've been through. Get through them. Don't rush yourself. But as you come out to the other side, as you begin to learn things, take what you know to be true and build from there and share it with the people who are behind you fighting to get through so that together all of us can make it to a better place because all of us are sharing what we know so far and living, learning, and working together to reach a place where we are all being a thriving entrepreneur in this world. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business. Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. 
Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. I really appreciate the place that you're at. I want you to know um, I may not have been what you've been through. I, I know from the own traumas in my own life that sometimes the thing when we're going through it that we hate hearing the most is, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> and often that feels so ungenuine and we just tend to not even listen to that person after that. However, somebody that is able to say to us, I may not have been exactly where you are, but I can relate, or even be able to share with us a story that's similar, that feels so good to know that we aren't alone, to know that there's nothing that happens except all that is common to all of us as human beings, and that there is a way out. And that's the exciting, that's the important part of today, is what you're going through is very real. And I don't want to in any way limit or diminish where you're at right now. Good or bad, because you may be in an amazing place. I don't want you to feel like, well, I wasn't down and depressed when I was listening to this episode, so it wasn't for me. Hey, if you're in a good place, you also have an even better. And if you've been through some stuff the last couple of days, weeks, months, years, decades, whatever, you have better in store for you. It is possible. And today is your day of breakthrough. Today is your opportunity to take whatever was, whatever you feel, and then make decisions based not on those feelings, but based on where you want to have your outcome be. Does that make sense? Because our feelings, it's not about your feelings not being valid. Please hear me on that. What you feel is what you feel. It's, it is real because it is what you feel. And so please don't think that I'm trying to talk you out of your feelings. But what I do want to be able to be here for you today is to say, no matter how icky or how wonderful the thing that you've just been through is, now is your time to make the decision of what's next. And no matter where you were yesterday, last week, now, last month, five seconds ago, you have the power of choice and you can step into something greater. No matter how great it is right now, there's even better. That's the cool part about life is, is that no matter what, you don't ever have to be in a place where yesterday was the best day of your life or where if you can only get to tomorrow, then you can have a good day. You can rejoice today while it's called today. Sometimes we need those times out. We need to sit on the sidelines, catch our breath, and that's okay too. 
that can be a wonderful state of rejoicing. Sometimes the best thing you can do is take a really nice vacation. I mean, have you ever been to some place like Disneyland? Kathy and I have been there a couple of times. It really is an awesome place. It's fun, even if all you did was hang out in the Grand Hotel um, and sit by one of the fireplaces or, uh, you know, sit up in your room and just watch the fireworks out your window from the windows that you can see them from. Or maybe you go to downtown Disney and you shop or whatever. That can be great. That can be exciting. Sometimes quiet. Think of the great quiet moments that you've had. Maybe the rain was falling down outside. You were curled up in a comfortable chair next to a blazing fire with a hot cup of cocoa and a book. Hmm, that sounds good right now. <laughs> um, it's a little warm here in Southern California right now to want to curl up to a blazing fire, but the concept of that sounds wonderful. So no matter where you're at, there is the opportunity to rejoice today if you choose. And what you've been through has a very significant power to it. But it's not necessarily the power that it's had to this point. Because the real power to it is its ability to be able to help somebody else. To take somebody who is in a place that you know all too well because you've spent time there. Whether it was a moment in time or you spent days, weeks, even months and years in that place of despair. There's somebody that's there now, that place you were, and they need a way out. Even if they're not in a place yet where they can see that they need a way out, you know from the other side that they need a way out. And that's where you come in. You've got an amazing story. You have a story to tell of what you've learned so far. And while you're telling that story, while you're sharing that message with the world, you should write it down. There are so many things in history, as Kathy and I do genealogy researches and stuff like that, that we're convinced that the only reason why the information was lost was because it was so big that everybody assumed, because everybody at that point knew it, that everybody would, of course, always know that. And then a hundred years goes by, and nobody knows. Maybe there's a newspaper article written, or maybe there isn't. So you need to write that stuff down. Future generations are going to be interested to hear about the things that you went through, about the adventures of your life right now, your struggles, and the victories that you came to coming out onto the other side. So you've got to write those things down. And you need to put them in a way so that they're not hiding in a bottom drawer somewhere in your house that hopefully, you know, when whomever goes through your house at the end of your life, they're trying to decide whether it's important or not. Or they're trying to read your horrible handwriting. Maybe you don't have horrible handwriting, but I do. So, you know, let's just be honest. Um, and maybe that doesn't get saved for whatever reason. 
or maybe it's in a paper that gets burnt up in a fire. Ugh, I hope not. Those stories need to be out there. They need to be in digital. They need to be in print. They need to be in audio. They need to be out there shared with the world so that people can know you. They can know your stories. They can gain insight now and hundreds of years in the future from the things that you went through and what you learned going through that. And since you're sharing that story with the world, why not make it a bestseller? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to be a best-selling author? And I can guarantee you that once you have one best-selling book, you're going to want to have another one. And you're going to want to have another one and another one. And that's why we have our community. It's a free group. Best Sellers Guild. You could look it up on Facebook. Just look for Best Sellers Guild on Facebook. Or we've made it really easy for you. You can go to bestsellersguild.com. It'll take you right to that Facebook page. It'll ask you if you want to join. Ask to join. We will approve you and poof. You're a member of the Best Sellers Guild. Hanging out with other people who are sharing their messages with the world and are on their journey from where they are right now to being a bestseller. We look forward to you joining us there and to hearing your story, sharing your message with the world. Because what I know for sure is that you are uniquely brilliant. You are not an accident. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. And the world needs you. A statement that I said in jest the other day, but that has really become kind of one of the statements of my life, is words mean things. Your words are important. And we need them, all of us do, to be able to get together, to be able to take each other to the next level by sharing our words. Please do share your message with the world. And know that Kathy and I are here to help you to do everything that we can to help you really truly thrive. Because we want to see you thrive in every aspect of your life and your business. So that you too can say, I do know how to live every day of my life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.